Revelation chapter 7 for the adults. We're looking at the 144,000 and what they typically show the church, what we experience in the kingdom of God. Amen, typically, praise the Lord, because of course there's these literal tribes of Israel and literal princes, but they speak to us of the church of the living God, amen. You know, even in Jewish scholarship, there's four levels of interpretation of every passage. And I don't know if you know that, but that's just the Bible. That's how large it is. So you look at its basic literal meaning, then you go from there. And, and the last level of interpretation of Jewish scholarship is the soul level, and that's spiritual application. And so that's what we're doing here. We're looking in deeper here into the Word of the Lord and see how it applies to us. Amen. These are characteristics of the overcomer. These are characteristics of people that are going to get to the throne and become the sons of power or the sons of the right hand of God, which is Benjamin, the last son that's listed here. But let's begin there, if we could, in verse 4 of chapter 7. The Bible says, I heard the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed a hundred and forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Of the children of Judah were sealed twelve thousand. Of the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Naphtali were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000 of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000 father God we just thank you right now for your awesome word we give you glory honor and praise we gird up the loins of our mind right now Lord that we might receive your word today in Jesus awesome name now declare a blessing God and a promise Lord over your people through your word today in Jesus name amen you may be seated all right, we began the seal people last week. We got to the tribe of Gad. So that's where we're going to start today. The tribe of Gad, verse 5. The Bible said the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. That's the praisers. That's the worshipers. Of the tribe of Reuben, that's the son of vision. Behold the son. Amen. And then we got to the tribe of Gad. Behold the troop. Behold the troop. Or a large group of people that are going to enter into glory. But this particular tribe speaks of a people who are militant. They are warriors in the kingdom of God. Amen. How many warriors I have out there? It is important for you if you're going to progressively go through these gates, ultimately through the throne of God, that you become a gad, a troop, a warrior, a company of people who are headed to glory. That you become militant in your approach to living for the Lord. It's not a passive thing. You know, like most churches today have become just passive entities. But the Word of God teaches us that we are to be warriors. Amen. Because there, there is spiritual warfare out there. And there are things that you have to overcome as a warrior. Amen. And I'm going to give you some different things about end time warriors. If you would go with me to the book of Genesis chapter 14. Let's talk about Gad, this troop. And these warriors that are eventually going to get to the throne. How many of y'all want to get to the throne? You don't want to just see the sun, Reuben. You don't want to just have a vision of the sun, but you want to manifest the sun. 
And that's Benjamin. Okay, Genesis 14. Let's look there, please. Amen. All right, the Bible talks about a very interesting story. Abraham went and uh, recovered his nephew Lot that had been captured in this chapter here. This is also where he has a revelation of Melchizedek. Melchizedek priesthood. All right, let's, uh, let's see where we want to start here. Let's start there with verse 15. He divided himself against them, he and his servants. We're talking about Abraham here. Divided himself and his servants against them by night and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. He brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Gedalamir and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheba, which is in the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. So after Abraham has this battle, he defeats them. That's when he gets the revelation of Melchizedek. It's a king-priest ministry. Amen. But what I want to show you here is what he did, is, uh, what Abram did here in concerning this battle. The Bible says in verse 5, In the fourteenth year came Chedalimir and the kings that were with him and smote the Rephaims in, the, in Ashtaroth, Kernam and Zuzems in Ham and the Emmons in Shava. Uh, boy, these are a lot of words, aren't they? Big words. Ker Ethem and the Horites in Mount Seir unto El Paran, which is by the wilderness. They returned and came to Emmesteth, which is Kadesh, and smote all the country of the Amalekites and also the Amorites that dwelt in Hezan Zanpimar. And there went out the king of Sodom and the king of Gomorrah and the king of Adma and the king of Zeboam and the king of Bela, the same as Zoar. They joined battle with them in the vale of Siddam, with Catalamir, king of Elam, and with Tito, king of the nations, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elarsar, four kings with five. And the vale of Siddam was full of slime pits. Say slime pits. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, and they, they that remained fled to the mountains. They took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals, and they took Lot, Abram's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom, his goods, and departed. There came one that had escaped and told Abram the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eschol, and brother of Enor. And these were confederate with Abram. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants, born in his house, 318, and pursued unto Dan. Number one thing about the end-time warriors and soldiers is that they are going to be like Abraham's servants. They are going to be born in his house, number one. If you're going to be a soldier, you've got to be born in his house. Number two, it tells us here in verse 14, he armed them. He armed who, though? He armed not just the servants, but he armed his trained servants. See, he didn't just go out there and get somebody in the army that wasn't trained. 
Because at some point, and we read it here, there are slime pits there in the, involved in this battle. If you just go out and you get people, okay, come and be in this army and come fight with me in the kingdom of God, and they are not trained servants, then what's going to happen is they're going to be overcome by the slime pits. Okay? So Abram gets his servants, but they're not just, they're not all of his servants, is what I'm trying to tell you. See, God, the Lord is not going to just pick everybody. You see, he has servants, but he's not going to pick everybody to go to fight with him. He's only going to pick trained servants to go and fight with him. Because if you're just a servant, but you're not a warrior, and you're not trained, and you're not armed, then what's going to happen when you go to fight, even though you, you're a servant, you're going to be swallowed up by the slime pits. You're going to be discouraged. You're going to be defeated. You're going to be conquered. So it's not just servants that God is after. But it's people who are trained servants who are armed that are going to go and fight. Are you with me? This is a characteristic of an overcomer. Somebody that's not just a servant, but somebody that's a warrior. Somebody that's trained. Somebody that's armed. Which means if you're trained, that means you're teachable. If Abraham trained them, that means they were teachable. You've got to be teachable to be a trained servant. And sad to say, there's a lot of people in the church of the living God throughout the world that are they're servants, but they're not trained servants. They're not armed servants. And so God can't trust them. He can't take them into the battle. Because they're not teachable. You can't teach them anything. You can't tell them anything. You can't arm them for war. You know what I'm talking about here. All right. So we're not just looking for people that are just going to join us. And be a servant. We're looking for people that, that are willing to be trained. To be taught how to be a warrior in the kingdom of God. Amen. So through these trained servants. Through these teachable servants. Yeah. Amen. Through them God brought a victory. Through Abraham and these servants, and he defeated these five kings. Now watch this. And actually, there's more here, more kings than that involved here. But let me just share something with you here. These are all kings that represent end time principalities and powers. And I don't have time to get into that this morning. But I'm just telling you right now that this is a picture of that which is to come. And only God, God is only going to use people who are teachable and are trained in war, who know how to fight. And so that's why you come to church. A lot of people come to church for a lot of different reasons. They come to church because they've got needs. Right? Okay, God can meet your need. I know that. Uh, they're hurting in their life. They're, they're looking for love. You know, they're, but ultimately, God is looking for a warrior in this last day. Somebody that's going to take what they're being taught and use it to fight the kingdom of darkness. That's going to overcome. See, listen to me. This people we're talking about is not a people who are being overcome by their problems. They're not a people who are being overcome. They are people who are overcoming. They are not a people who are being conquered. They are people who are conquering. They are a people who are on the offense, not on the defense. They're not always talking about, well, what the devil's doing to me. Oh, he's whipping me right now. He's, I, I'm discouraged. I'm defeated. I'm... 
barely making. I'm barely surviving. That's not the people that God's looking for as far as this true people. He's looking for a people who are conquering their, their problems, who are conquering their struggles, who are overcoming their pain, who don't have a, mic, a victim mentality. There's enough people in the church, they got a victim mentality. You know, poor me. Man, God's not looking for people who've got a victim mentality. He's looking for people who've got a victor's mentality. I'm going to overcome that problem. I'm going to overcome that depression. I'm going to overcome that discouragement. By my God, I'm going to do it. David said, by my God, have I leaped over a wall. By my God, have I run through a troop. So we can't do it on our own, but by our God, we have confidence in our God that we're going to run through the truth and leap over the walls and be victor mentality, not victim mentality. But only people who are trained servants who understand warfare are going to be that kind of people. By my God. Look at your name and say, by your God. By my God. I'm going to leap over that wall. By my God, I'm going to run through that truth. By my God, I can't do it on my own. But I'm getting training. I'm learning how to win. I'm learning how to fight. I'm learning how to overcome. I've lived a defeated life all my life, but I'm learning how to be an overcomer now. I'm learning how to fight. I'm learning how to overcome. So you got, that's the purpose of the church. Is so that when you come here, you learn how to overcome. You learn how to get a victor's mentality. You learn how to get a king's mentality. Instead of a slave mentality. You know, you don't talk about. Most of us, we have dysfunctional lives, man. You know, we talk about dysfunctional families. Hey, there ain't nobody alive that don't have a dysfunction. Everybody's got a dysfunction. So when you come to church, you have got to learn to function. You've got to get rid of the dis and start learning how to function. You've got to start learning how to fight, overcome, live a conquering, victorious life by my God. Got to start learning how to be prosperous. Don't even know how. Don't even know what to do with prosperity. Don't even know what to do with blessing. Because we've been so broke for so long and so messed up. And God starts changing our lives. We, we don't even know what to do with it. We don't even know what to do with the blessings of God. Are you hearing me? Because we've, we've had a slave mentality all of our lives till we come into church. And then God says, you're a prince. You're a king. You're going to reign. You're a troop. You're an army. You can overcome drugs. You can overcome all kinds of problems in your life. You can overcome poverty in your life. Yeah, come on, somebody. God doesn't want you to be defeated. God wants you conquering. Struggling through life, barely getting by. You think that's the will of God for you? Just barely get by, just struggling through life, barely making it. No, by my God, I'm going to run through that truth. By my God, I'm going to leap over that wall. I'm going to conquer all these things. Uh, yeah, they should ever say, I'm going to do something with my life. Had a curse pronounced on my life. I'm on, but I've changed that now. God has reversed the curse. 
Now I'm a blessed person. Now I'm going to walk in victory. And, you know, listen to me. Sit down just a minute. Some of y'all look at me like, you know, you, you have a question mark on your forehead. See what I'm talking about? I know what I'm preaching this morning. Look at the promised land. Look at the promised land. That's a picture of getting to the throne. The Lord's will for them was to conquer all of the territory. To possess the land. Defeating every king. Every power. That would hinder them from possessing all of their inheritance. But they had to go fight to take the land. And it was by their God that they conquered those kings in that land. You've got to get a warrior mentality, a conquering mentality. You've got a promised land. You've got an inheritance that the devil doesn't want you to have. And you're going to have to go in there and take it. That belongs to me. My joy, that joy belongs to me. That blessing belongs to me. That health belongs to me. Good things in my life. You've got an inheritance. But if you don't have a warrior mentality, God can just, he's got it all laid out there for you. But you'll never experience it until you go in and you take the land. Until you possess the land. But you've got to fight. You really understand what I'm saying? You've got to fight that loser mentality. Some of you say, well, I don't have a loser mentality. Everybody does. With a fallen nature, you were born with a loser mentality. You got to be trained to reign. You got to learn to become kings. You got to understand that God wants to bless your life. You got to understand that you got to go. Let us go up at once and take the land. Let's go. I'm not going to die a drug addict. My children are not going to die a drug addict. I'm conquering. I'm going to walk in the spirit. God wants a good life for me. He wants an abundant life for me. But it's not automatic. He don't just come. You got to fight, man. So now do, you, now do you believe what I'm saying? Can I tell you something? When Israel came out of captivity, they had a slave mentality. They were slaves for hundreds of years. That is slave mentality. God had to teach them that they weren't slaves anymore. God had to teach them. I've got promises laid out there for you. God had to teach them. I've got a promised land and an inheritance for you. If you'll just go get it. But you've got to fight. You've got to have a conquering mentality. You've got to have a militant spirit. You've got to trust God to change your life. Do you understand what we're showing you here? And so when you come to church, then you are learning how to conquer all of that stuff. All that generational stuff. That you were born into. Amen. Mm. Y'all don't want to talk right now, do you? You want me to preach on something else? I got news for you, friend. God wants you to reign. He wants to take you to the throne. The characteristic of an overcomer, though, is a fighter. So when I come to church, I'm learning how to fight. Man. I've been beat up long enough. I've struggled long enough. My generations are messed up. But it stops with me. 
I'm not letting it continue. It stops with me. My generation, my posterity is going to be blessed. My posterity are going to learn that they are kings. It stops with me. Praise God. Y'all hear what, what the word is saying to you today? How many of y'all believe that? How many of you believe that God's got an inheritance for you? Good life, blessed life, a life that's reigning and conquering and overcoming. Man, I believe that with all my heart. He's awesome. So God has got to have some trained servants. So when you come to the house of the Lord, yes, come. I know God's going to meet your needs. I know he's a healer and all of that. But, you know, you need to come with a mentality that, hey, I'm going to get that healing. He promised the healing. I got a need. He promised the need would be taken care of. Amen. If I fulfill his word, obey his word. So I'm here. Hallelujah. To train, be trained, to be taught. Because I don't want to be caught up in the slime pits in the last days. So a la that last day troop of Gad, one characteristic is that they are trained. Say trained. Trained servants. Armed servants. Warriors. Amen. And then when that king is, when those kings are conquered, Abraham has a visitation from Melchizedek, a king priest ministry. Okay? Which is the ministry we're in right now, a king priest ministry. He brings the emblem of a finished work, the bread and the wine. He said, It's finished. You conquered those kings through the finished, of the work, finished work of the cross. Okay? And when Abraham got a revelation of it, he could have received his wealth from the world. But he said, No to the world's wealth. But he said, My God will give me the wealth that I need. I'm not looking to the world to supply my need, but I'm looking to God to be the one to supply my need. Now watch this. As a result of that battle with these trained servants, number one, they're trained servants. Number two, they learn to be tithers. Say tithers. There is, without exception, I can tell you right now, without exception as a pastor, I have never seen anybody who did not bring their tithe prosper. Well, you say, well, what about the people in the world? They got their wealth from the world, not from God. I'm talking about Abraham's principle. He says, I'm not going to get it from the world. I'm going to get it from my God. God's going to bless my life. Listen, I have never seen anybody in the kingdom of God prosper who did not bring their tithe. They constantly struggled because they didn't understand the importance of that. But you give me somebody who's faithful and consistent in bringing their tithe. Those people are blessed. They are blessed by God. Abraham was made rich by God. Not by the world, but by God. He had so much there wasn't even enough room for the land to hold his and Lot's. So this, this people of the last days, they're trained, they're armed, and they're tithers. They know those principles. They understand that God is going to bless their life, but he has a way to bless their life. So I'm not going to help you right now. I'm going to start you out on the right foot. If, you're not, if you don't bring a tithe, you need to repent. Because you know what? 
You're just hurting yourself. You're not hurting God. You're not hurting this church. You're hurting yourself. You bring a curse on your own life. You're going to struggle. You're going to hurt. You all. When you were in the world, you had no problem taking your tithe to the God of booze. You had no problem taking your tithe to the cigarette God. Did you? You had no problem paying that entry fee. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. All those entry fees into those bars and institutions and everything else. And you're drinking and you're part and everything. That was your tithe to the God that you used to serve. Now you got a God who's alive that wants to bless your life. If you just brought to God what you used to give to the devil in the world. You gave more than a tithe to the devil when you were in the world. You just brought to God what you gave the devil in the world. Hello, somebody. See, what people don't understand, you're going to pay somebody. You're going to pay some God. It's going to be a false God or it's going to be the living God who wants to bless your life. But you will pay some God. You'll pay a psychologist to straighten your mind out. You'll bring him a tithe or you'll bring God a tithe and let God give you a sound mind and let God give you power and let God give you love. But everybody, everybody, even people who are not in the church, bring a tithe. They sure do. I did. Before I came in the kingdom of God, I paid my tithes faithfully. Oh, yes. Oh, don't look at me, you pious people. Like you don't know what I'm talking about. Get rid of that self-righteous spirit in this house. Everybody here paid a tithe to somebody. And it cost you, didn't it, man? He was a cruel taskmaster. Wake up throwing up. Wake up with your head in the toilet bowl. And then the next week, walk out there and give him, some, give him his tithe again. And wake up the next day throwing up in the toilet bowl, man. Have to run you to the hospital because you're about OD'd. Oh, excuse me, I'm in church. This is real. I said, this is real. You know what? It's an awesome thing. It's an honor. Hallelujah. Can I, I'm, I don't know, but I've just got a preacher on me right now. I don't know how many of these sons I'm going to get through this morning. But it's an honor to serve God. And I'm going to tell you this right now. You may not know this, but when the Bible talks about honor, it's always in connection with giving. You cannot honor God without bringing your tithes. The only way that you can honor somebody is by blessing them financially. Amen. That's biblical. Amen. You don't believe me? Read the whole book of Malachi because the whole book of Malachi is based on the tithe principle. Right. You cannot honor God without bringing substance. Right. You cannot honor God without bringing a financial tithe and offering to Him. That's the only way biblically that you can honor Him. How many want to honor God? He will not be a debtor to anybody. But in a sense, you've got to have a warrior's mentality. Because when that check comes in, whoo, there's a fight for your finance. 
The doctor wants it. The attorney wants it. Your pharmacist wants it. Your hospital wants it. The jail wants it. Oh, this is really what it, it gets quiet when we talk about this stuff, you know. Oh, y'all running and shouting. Yeah, just so long we don't touch the tithe issue. But there's a struggle. There's a fight for it. Because when you consecrate it unto God, then you honor God. And that allows God to open up the heavens and pour you out a blessing that you'll not be able to receive it. And it's not just about money. It's a principle. I tell people, man, it don't matter. Well, pastor, all I got is a dollar. Hey, you know what? It's a tithe. Bring it to God. Do you understand what I'm saying? You're going to pay it somewhere. It might as well be blessed. And I'm telling you, there's a war. You got to have a warrior mentality. That belongs to God. Doesn't belong to me. That, that's not even mine. It belongs to God. It's not even mine. Why y'all looking at me like that? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all want me to go on, don't you? Go on, Pastor. Go on. Go on. Okay, I'm going on, huh? Y'all want me to be trained to reign, don't you? How many of y'all would admit to me there is some kind, there is war, there is struggle in that area? You know, those things, those voice calls, you can't afford that, man. You, look at all you got to pay. Are you kidding me? You can't afford not to. Hallelujah. Hey, it works if you'll work it. I said it works if you'll work it. But if you don't work it, it don't work for you. So you don't, I tried it, it don't work for me. Because you don't work it. You're not consistent with it. You got to work it and it'll work for you. That's gad. That's warrior mentality. Yeah, come on, man. Overcoming that self. That selfishness. Yeah. Hello, self. Tell yourself, hello, self. Did you hear that, self? Okay, good, good. Did you hear it? The word went out, but did you hear it? See, you're gonna be, if you're going to be a troop, you're going to be a gad, you're going to have to walk like Abraham walked. Trained, armed, tithe. Understand the principle that God is going to be the one that rewards you, not the world. See, the, the world rewards its own. The devil pays. The devil rewards those that follow him. You don't believe me, do you? The devil rewards those that follow him. And then when he gets through with him, he kills them. You don't believe me, do you? Oh, I'm going to stay on this right now. I'm not going anywhere. The Bible says the devil appeared to, to, to Jesus there when he was fasting 40 days. He said, he showed him all the world's, the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And he said, all this will I give you if you will bow down to me. The devil said, I'll pay you if you bow to me. And that's what he does to people in the world. He pays them because they bow down to him. 
But Abraham said, I don't want the world's blessing. I want God's favor. I want God's blessing in my life. There are some of you, you didn't know how you're going to pay your bill, how you're going to eat or anything else. And God just supernaturally sent something to you. So don't you sit there and look at me like this doesn't work. You're lying sitting in your chair. You're lying sitting in your chair. If you tell me it doesn't work. It works. He's a good God. Trained servants, armed servants, tithing servants is the troop of Gad in the last days. Now let's go over to, okay, I want to let that sink in. Let me just bow my head in silent prayer. Y'all ready? Did it sink in? Okay. Yeah. Woo, glory. All right. I want it to. You know why? Because I want you to be blessed. I want you to be blessed. All right, let's go over to uh, Joel. Let me show you another characteristics of this army in Gad's, Gad's troop. Praise the Lord. Characteristics of the overcomer. You ain't doing nothing to me, man. You sit there. You can be all passive and all. You try to shut me down, all calm, fold your arms. You ain't doing nothing to me, man. You're not going to stop what I'm saying. Are you stupid? I got a warrior mentality, man. You gonna shut me down? There's no way. Hello, the Lord spoke to me. He said, "If you can't overcome yourself and overcome, you know, overcome the attitudes of people you preach to," he said, "You'll never affect nations. You, you go over into a foreign nation, you're fighting principalities, the spirits that have been there forever, and you can't even overcome the spirits in your own house." Hello. You know, we see we have great grandeur, great thinking about what God's going to do with us. We can't even overcome ourselves or the spirits in our own homes. So I made up my mind, ain't nothing going to shut me down. Nothing going to shut my mouth. Nobody going to, no spirit. I'm going to overcome that stuff. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent... Take it by force. You got to get violent. You got to get militants. You got to be a troop. By my God. Okay. Let's go over to Joel. Let's look at a number two characteristics of this last day troop. Praise the Lord. Prophetic troop. Man, I'd like to finish all of these tribes today. But I don't think I'm going to make it. In Joel, the prophecy, Joel chapter 2 and verse 25, Joel 2.25. Y'all doing okay out there? How many trained troops I got out there? How many warriors I got out there? I, I have some warriors. We, we, God has some warriors in this church. He does. Amen. Okay, Joel 2.25. Let's look at this army. Uh, this is the Lord's army, by the way, and I don't have time to read all of the chapter to you. But God talks about his army here. In uh, chapter 2 and verse 25, he says, I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm. My great army which I sent among you. Now watch this. You can look at that as the, these four, you know, the canker worm, the locust, etc., etc., as being God's army. And in a sense, they are. But I want you to see something here. The army of the Lord 
can be looked at this way as the ones who conquered what the other ones took. Let me read verse 25. I will restore to you the years that say the locust, canker worm, caterpillar, and the palmer worm. How is he going to do that? By his great army which he sent among you. What I'm trying to show you here is that this army in the last days, this troop, is going to be a people of restorers. They're going to be used by God to restore what the canker worm, the locust, the caterpillar, and the palmer worm hath eaten. God is going to raise up some powerful people in the last days who are in his army, who are involved in restoration. They're going to have the ability to operate the spirits in such a way that they're literally going to be able to go back in time to where this loss took place with the locust, caker worm, and caterpillar, and the palmer worm. They're going to have the ability to go back in time, take what was taken by those creatures, bring them back up, and restore them back to the people. They're going to have the ability to accelerate time. Because in the spirit there is no time. So these people accelerate time. Which means this. That if you're. Say you broke your leg. Alright. A restore. Somebody that's in God's army. That's walking in the spirit. Not only can go back here. To where the, before the leg was broken. But has the ability to walk in the spirit in such a way. That they go up in time in the spirit. You're back there with a broken leg. They go up in time in the, in the future in the spirit. Grab your healing and take it back to you and say, be healed. So they accelerate the time of healing in their. The doctor says eight weeks. Be healed. And those people's legs are healed. Coming out of surgery. Sister Maria Cardoza is a good example of this, man. She doesn't even look like she's been through anything. God has accelerated the time in her life. Brother Jonathan got out of, the, got out of his surgery Thursday. He was already doing good. Friday, doing good, strong. Yesterday, he started eating a little bit, you know. He had a major surgery, major colon surgery. He's already eating. God is accelerating the time, the healing. And so this army in the last days, this Gad, this, this, this people that got a mentality, man. They could go back, what was taken in the past, and bring it up to the present and restore it. They can go into the future because they operate in the spirit. They can accelerate time, take what's up in time in the future, and bring it back to them and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. That's the way God operates. They are restorers. How many restorers do I have out there? The word restore, I don't know if you know this, is connected with resurrection. So restore means to resurrect. So these people are walking in resurrection power. Now I believe this. I said I believe this. Restores, say restores. Resurrection people. Okay, number three aspect of this army. 
chapter 2 and verse 7. Joel chapter 2 and verse 7. Is this helping anybody? I just need to calm down, man. I got to save my voice. <laughs> no, I just need God to heal me. <laughs> I ain't going to slow down. 2-7. They shall run, this army. They shall run. We take that literally around here. They shall run. Melody, have you ever seen a crazier group, man, just run around a church, just go crazy? I know you do, man. See, she drunk the other night. She drunk. She drunk the other night. Hallelujah. Just, but people, we take this literally, run. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall. Uh, remember that wall in, in Revelation? It talks about a, a wall that's 144 cubits. That's what he's talking about. These 140 people, 144 is an overcoming people here. The gates into that city are access to the one on the throne that you're going through, all right? So you're going to leap over the wall. You're going to run. Now watch this. Okay, let me get over there. Verse 7. They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall. There we go. By my God, I shall leap over a wall. By my God, I shall run through a troop. By my God. Say, by my God. Man, I'm messed up. I'm confused. I'm all kinds of stuff right now. But by my God, man. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I need him every day. He says they're going to do it like men of war. They shall march everyone on his ways. And they shall not break their ranks. So this army, another characteristic of this army is that when they march, they are not looking to take over somebody else's position. They are an army that is in unity. A body that's in unity. Marching in unison. I'm in my place. You're in your 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 place. You're in. And everybody's marching in rank. Say rank. There's different ranks in the kingdom of God. And let me just tell the new believers. Don't sit there and think, well, I got to be here for 20 years before I ever become something powerful. No. Make up your mind right now that you're going to accelerate and excel in the kingdom of God. That you're going to be awesome in God. That you could accelerate time. That God could accelerate time in your life. What was lost in the past can be brought up into the future. What he wants to do with you in the future can be brought into the present. Believe that. We need some people to rise up quickly. We don't have time for you to be developed over 20 years. We need you to be trained and armed and give it all of that stuff right now. So that you could march and fight. Everybody awake out there? Don't say five years that I'm going to teach a Bible study. You just got to church. You know what? You're filled with the Holy Ghost baptized in Jesus' name? Come on. You believe in the oneness of God? Get you a Bible study. Go out there and fight, man. And get in. Wait, watch this. Okay. But what you do, don't say, you know what? I kind of like where brother is. I kind of want where sister is. Y'all look at me like, I must be really preaching good this morning. This is, 
This is really in needed stuff, isn't it? This competition mentality that's in the kingdom of God. This political spirit that's in the kingdom of God. See, we don't have politicians here. We're not taking polls. We're just walking in rank. Okay? So I don't want your position. Most of you, I'm sure, don't want mine. But if you do, come and talk to me. But we've got to get rid of that mentality, that competitive mentality that we've got concerning positions. Okay, God, I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to do whatever I'm supposed to do. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do in the kingdom of God. But I'm not going to try to take somebody else's place, somebody else's position. Striving and competition and all that stuff that goes on. These, this army, the Bible says, the characteristics of this army is an army that's in unity, that is not after somebody else's position. If you've got a gift, God will make room for you. He'll make room for that gift. You don't have to push doors down. You don't have to climb, push people down to get up on top. You just stay in your place, stay in your position, stop fighting, stop fussing, stop causing so much trouble. And let God open the door for you. And when God opens the door for you, you'll be ready for it. Look at all these sweet people. They act like I, they don't even know what, what I'm talking about. <sighs> Let's look at another, another characteristics of this army in Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel 37. Hallelujah. Is everybody out there? <clears throat> look at your neighbor and say, are you in your place? Yeah, because I'm getting tired of stumbling on you. I'm getting tired of falling. I'm doing real good, man. I'm marching a pretty march. Look at my feet. You fall off in front of me. You know, I'm going down. I'm tired of stumbling over you. Amen. And really, I'm not trying to just stumble over you. I'm trying to reach down there and pick you up. Pop, get over there. You know, that's really the right thing to do, actually. Not just, oh, they're in the way, so just... <laughs> Push him in the dirt, man. I know you're trying to get in my place. <laughs> Leaves big old spikes in him, you know. Yeah, you're not getting my place, my position. No, they pick him back up, put him in the arm in the rank, because you might need them later. Ezekiel 37, I, I, that's good information for me. Are y'all there? Okay, let's look. Mm -hmm. 37 and verse 10. <clears throat> Next characteristic. Are y'all with me at this point? They are trained. They are armed. They are, they've learned to tithe. Okay, number one principle. Number two principle is they are restorers. Number three principle is that they stay in their place. In unity. Number four. Ezekiel 37 and verse 10. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. And they lived and stood up 
upon their feet an exceeding great army. Then he said unto me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dried and our hope is lost. Yep. We are cut off for our parts. So he prophesied what happened. I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. So this army in the last days is a people who are standing. Number one, they've been raised up under the prophetic word. And because they're raised up under the prophetic word, that's what raises them up to stand. They are raised to stand by a prophetic living word. Not a dead, dry lecture. But by the prophetic living word, they're raised to stand up a mighty army. So this army in the last days, this Gad troop is an army who is raised up by a prophetic living word. They stand on it. Not just church as usual. Not just church as normal. But under a prophetic, powerful, living word. Word that causes them to stand up and become that army. I always tell people this. If somebody can come in here. I don't care what mess you're in. I don't care what your troubles is. What your problem is. What your past is. It doesn't make any difference. If you can come in here for six months. And sit under the prophetic word when it goes forth. You will be changed as long as you're hearing. If you receive and believe and obey the word that's preached in six months, your life will be totally changed. You can't sit in here in the presence of the Lord with the word that goes forth in this house without it changing your life. If you're hearing it, receiving it, and obeying it, it's impossible. Listen to me, church. I thank God for you. Because there's some preachers that can't handle it this heavy. There are preachers that would come in this house that wouldn't last. Because they can't handle this type of power and word and conviction and call of God in the last days. But that's exactly what God is going to use to raise up an army. People who have been separated, disjointed, dislocated, dysfunctional. All kinds of chaos and problems by the prophetic word. They're going to come together. Their life's coming together. Walking in the power of the Holy Ghost. But you've got to learn to walk in the word and walk in the spirit and move in the spirit. Amen. Are you hearing what we're saying? What the word's saying to you? Yeah, this truth. Is raised up by the prophetic word. Go right now. Walk out that door and see where that boy went. In the name of Jesus. In the, I'm going to tell you. See what I'm talking about? The spirit of God is so powerful. Friend. Woo. God's going to raise up an army in this last days. And there are people got devils inside of them. They're not going to be comfortable in this house. Because we're going to make it so hot. God's going to make it so hot. And so powerful. That. Those devils will not have a chance to stand in this place. 
Listen, I had a little boy. We had a little boy right at the very beginning part of the service run out the door, try to run down the street. He's done that twice. And I walked back there and looked at him. He looking up at me like that. See, well, I'm not picking on a little boy. That Your children, spirit get a hold of your children. And they'll look at you like that. They'll go, <laughs> start hissing. I know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about God's children. I'm talking about wonderful, precious children that you're raising in the church, in the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Those spirits will try to come. <laughs> Look at you like that and hiss at you. I know what I'm talking about. Just sitting at my table, it happened just the other day. I said, in Jesus' name. It's not coming in my house. I said, in Jesus' name. And they, when I did that, boy, they set up completely changed. See, you got to have a warrior mentality. Those spirits are trying to take over your children. In Jesus' name, I bind that spirit. In the name of the Lord. You have no place in this house. I prophesy over them. They shall be prophets. They shall be kings. You know, so, you know, you kind of need to understand what's going on here. You can't always be so sentimental concerning your children. You've got to understand when the devil's trying to work on them. Say, in Jesus' name, I take authority over that spirit. Trying to disrupt our house. Trying to come in here. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that spirit. I'm not sentimental. I'm not sentimental. No, when I, when I discern a spirit trying to operate in my house, I'm not sentimental. I don't pat him on the back. He says, okay, no, no, no. Get out of here in the name of Jesus. I take authority over that spirit. Are you with me? I remember the first, first time I, when I first started preaching, I went to a, a place, a, a church, a Pentecostal Apostolic Church, went there, and I started preaching. And there were some young people in that place, man. They'd been sitting in church forever. And they had never been called to move in the spirit. They had got so carnal and fleshly. And I was preaching. I felt that spirit rise up in them. And so I went right down there. Right, it got right in their face. And I said, in the name of Jesus, I take authority. Well, I wasn't their pastor. But I want you to know something broke when I prayed. I'm talking about people that are sitting in churches. Children. Young people that sit in churches that have to have that spirit broken off of them. See, you're, you're looking at a man. When I, before I was pastor and I was the youth leader, and I dealt with all kinds of teen spirits. You know how I dealt with them? Come here, brother. You know how I dealt with them? You're not going to act like that. I take authority over your spirit, boy. I'm telling you the truth. And, and we got into a confrontational thing, man. This one guy said, you ever get in my face again, I'm going to take a bat after you. I said, go get your bat. Come on, are you with me right now? See, we, we messed up people. Messed up people in the house of God. The, some of those teens, they were going in the bathroom, the, the young boys and the young girls in that teen. In the, I'm talking about in a Pentecostal church, going in the bathroom together in the youth meetings. 
But you know what? Before it was all over, and I don't take any glory for it. God gets all the glory for it. Before it was all over, there was about 50 to 75 young people, as I remember correctly. And before it was all over, they were running and they were shouting and they were moving in the spirit. But when we first got there, they were dead. They were dead. They were running. They were praying. They were worshiping God. They were moving in the spirit. They were changing. And the very man, the very young man that said, don't you ever do that to me. Don't you ever get in my face again. I'll take a bath. That young man. Got gained respect for us. And we, when we see him out and about, he was respectful towards us, Brother Carter. You know, very respectful change. Because you know what? You know what young people understand? They understand somebody that cares about them enough to get in their face and say, I don't like the direction you're going. You're messed up. And if you keep going that direction, you're going to destroy your life. Get it together. That's what young people need to hear. If you'll go get them and get them back in the house of God. Not let them just do what they want to do. They will respect you in the future. And they were worshiping. They were praising God. Having a move of God in that place. It was awesome. Amen. Sister Jolene, am I telling the truth? Yeah. Brother Blossom, am I telling the truth? Come here, man. Get up here. Come up here. I, want, I don't want you to up here. Mala, I'm going to ask you. Were you there when these things were happening? Did you go to the youth group? Okay, was there a breakthrough in, the, in that youth group, in the spirit, from what it was before? Yeah. Man, it was, it was something. Boy, it was, I'm telling you, man, I've never, I've never been against, up against anything like that in my life. Never against anything like that spirit. So, you know, I, I'm up for you. I can handle young people, man, like that. I'm up for you. You're no problem for me, man. When they won't take, they won't take you on. Praise the Lord. How many of y'all love Jesus? But that prophetic word will change your life. It'll set you free. The devil can't hold on to you forever. That's why he doesn't want you here. He'll take you off, send you anywhere else. Most anywhere else. Because he don't want you here. Because God is here. His word is here. His spirit is here. Well, pastor, I can't believe you treat my babies like that. Oh, really? When I look at mine and I'll say, when I look at my own and I say, in Jesus' name. They, they, they run off, go just berserk in here. You, if you don't get them by the neck, I'm going to. <laughs> you don't get little Johnny by the neck, I'm going to get him by the neck. And if I can't get to him and I'm up here, I'll get somebody out there get him by the neck and set him right down. So you know what? I think if I were you, I'd just get little Johnny by the neck by yourself so pastor don't have to do it so you don't have to feel bad about me. Boy, I'm off strange now, aren't I? I mean, I should be teaching the book of Revelation. I'm just telling you that this is real. God's word is real. His spirit's real. This is not fake. It's not funny. It's not church, churchy. This is God. It's about God, His word, His spirit, and the kingdom. Sister, see you. 
when you when you come up against stuff in your house, you know what? You uh, you probably do this. I don't even have to tell you. You probably do. You know what you do? In Jesus' name, I take authority over that. And watch what they'll do. They'll, in a moment, they'll change. Their countenance will change. It doesn't stop, but you just keep taking authority over it. Every time it rises up, I'm in charge here. God's in charge here. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over that. They have to want to be delivered, but you don't have to settle for it. They have to want to be delivered. They'll never get delivered if they don't want to be delivered. But you don't have to settle for it when they act up. When those spirits act up, take authority over them. You hear what I'm saying? Every one of them. All right, let's go over here. Let's look at another characteristic of this last day army. Not only are they raised up by the prophetic living word. Anybody can get a sermon together. Thank you. Anybody can get a sermon together. You can come and ask me and say, Pastor, what all do you study? I can give you everything I study. Everything. And they're... Preaching is not a learned art. Uh, let me say it again. Preaching is not a learned, a learned art. You've got to have an anointing, a call on your life. We need more than just sermonizers. We need the prophetic anointing. In our churches that are going to set the captive free. You understand? I said, do you understand? <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't mind trying to help you develop and uh, try to give you materials you can read and study and to help your development, but that's not all there is to it. Do you understand that? Okay, uh, let's go number five in Judges chapter seven. Judges seven. Judges 7. Everybody okay out there? I'm not trying to beat you up. I, just please don't take it that way. Mm. Watch this. Okay, Judges. Characteristics of this last day troop army. Judges 7. Verse 6. If you have that, say praise the Lord. Let me just give you the background here, and then I'll read this verse for you. And they've got it up here on the wall for you. The background is this. Gideon started out with 32,000 men in his army. 32,000 men. You know what God said? He said, decrease the church. Decrease its numbers. Watch. He walked up to Gideon. He said, Gideon, he said, you tell... This 32,000 member army that if any of you are fearful, go home. We don't need cowards in this army. If you're a coward, go home. Get in. Anybody that's fearful, send them home. 22 thousand men in that army were fearful and God sent them home God looks at uh, can you imagine that I mean think about it 
We need, we need numbers, you know. God said, you got too many. Send 22,000 home. He lost two-thirds of his church in one day. Sent their fear, fearful home. He's left with 10,000 men in his army. Hallelujah. 10,000 men. God says, that's still too many. We're going to have a little water test here. You take that 10,000 army and you take it to the water. Okay? Here's the test. Those that go down and just suck up the water, they don't qualify. Only those that lap with the hand to the mouth. They're like this. They're alert. They're not going... They're not bowing to Baal. They're raised to God. Watch this. How many of you think of that 10,000 God left in his army? 9,700 of them disqualified themselves. Gideon was only left with 300 men out of 32,000. See, God doesn't need a bunch of people. He just needs some people that... Let me show you the principle. Let me show you what's important. Judges 7, verse 6. You got it up here? Yeah. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink the water. Got it? 9,700 went home that day. 22,000 because they were afraid. 9,700 because they didn't have the proper position. But here, let me show you what's key here. The 300 that lapped with their hand shows you a people who are submitted to a five-fold ministry. There are people who are just not submitted to a five-fold ministry. Those that are up underneath a five-fold ministry, come on, that drink as a result of that hand, they are the ones that qualify to go and fight in God's army. Hello, somebody. Give God some praise. And so with 300 men, God whipped the Midianite army that were like grasshoppers. I mean, you couldn't even count them. Like the sand of the sea, man. Couldn't even count them. With 300 men. Okay. Mm. Let me go to the next one. I, I've only got, in fact, I'm out of time, but I need to try to at least get one more. How many of y'all love the Lord today? <laughs> so this, this army then is an army that is trained, armed, and tied. They learn that. Number two, they are restored. Number three, they stay in their place. Number four, they're raised up under and raised up by a prophetic word to stand as a powerful army. And number five, they've learned to submit themselves to a fivefold ministry. And God... Is sending everybody else home. They're still his people, but they're not ready to fight. Love you. Love you. I, I, listen, I don't want to be disqualified. Listen, listen, I'm not pointing the figure at you. I'll preach it like this this morning because I don't want to be disqualified. 
I want to be in this last day army of God. I want to be used by Him. I'm not better than you. I am striving for the mastery. Chapter 7 and uh, verse, uh, let's see, verse 6, Asher, of the tribe of Asher. <clears throat> the other characteristics of this overcoming people in the last days is not only are they worshipers, Judah, okay? Not only are they Reuben, they have a vision of the sun. Not only are they Gad, a mighty army with those characteristics, and those are just a few. There are many, many more characteristics of that last day army. But they are number four. They are Asher. They are happy. They are happy. Asher means happy. Read the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit. What does it mean? Blessed. Happy are the poor in spirit. You know who the poor in spirit are? The poor in spirit are people who are needy. But in what way? They recognize their need for God. They're poor in spirit. I need God. I need God. God, I need you, God. Happy is the man who recognizes his need for God. I need God in my life. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Amen. You believe that? And go through happy, happy. That's what that Asher is, happy. They are a people who are a people under the Beatitudes. They walk under the Beatitudes. Read the Beatitudes. That Sermon on the Mount is a sermon about his kingdom. We could take what he's saying here to these tribes and lay it over on what he said on the Sermon on the Mount. That is the kingdom manifesto of the king. Happy. You've got to be an asher. You've got to be needy. You've got to walk under the Beatitudes. All right, show with me at this point. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine, Proverbs says. The medicine we need is joy. The medicine we need is happiness. It's only coming in walking with God. Hallelujah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You don't have your joy. You got to get your joy back. You got to get your happiness back. You got to be an asher. Your attitude determines your altitude. Paul standing bound in front of kings. He says, I think myself asher. I think myself happy. What do you mean, you, you lunatic? <laughs> that chains. Oh, then you say, I think myself happy? Well, yeah. Well, you got to sometime. You got to think yourself happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. When David, come on, when he went back and saw Ziklag conquered and his wife, the wives, the children, everything taken captive. The Bible said David encouraged himself in the Lord. He is God. You've got to be able to encourage yourself. Because there's a lot of times people are not going to encourage you. You've got you've to center in on God. You've got to get in on God. You've got to center in on God. I think myself happy. 
I will encourage myself in the Lord. My God, everything is just wiped out. Everything is taken captive. But I'm encouraged in the Lord, my God. You have to be an Asher. Anna. Y'all remember Anna? Anna. Anna. Anna means grace. Anna is that little widow woman. Is in the house of the Lord. Are you with me? He walked right up to Anna in an instant. Grace in an instant. She was of the tribe of Asher. In an instant, praise God. Man, are you with me? You can't just sit around waiting for it to come to you. Man. You get down, you get discouraged. Depression, spirit of depression tries to get a hold of you. If the characteristics of an overcomer is joy. You gotta fight that depression with joy. You gotta fight that depression with by encouraging yourself in God. You gotta be happy. You gotta think yourself happy in God. You can't let that spirit get a hold of you. That's probably one of the strongest spirits that try to take me down. Is that spirit of depression and discouragement. That despondency. Tries to come against me. Okay. And certain people. They, they're made even. You know. In such a way that they're even more susceptible to that. And so you've got to somehow. You've got to think yourself happy. You've got to overcome. Man. You've got to get the victory. Be instant. In season. And out of season. Say Asher. Asher in an instant. Anna in an instant from the tribe of Asher. I'm going to change my thinking. I'm going to change the way I'm looking at this. Hallelujah. That's an opportunity right there for God. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to praise him. David said this to his soul. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Hope thou in God. Why, David said, are you depressed? Why, David said, are you discouraged? So there's no reason for you to be depressed. No reason for you to be discouraged. Hope thou in God. He is your hope. Praise the Lord. That's a characteristic of an overcomer. If you don't have that, you'll crack up. Don't, don't, see, you know, when I get all crazy, you know, and I'm cutting up, and I'm cracking up, and I'm having a good time with it, and I'm talking insane, you know, don't get down on me. Because if I don't do that, I'm going to crack. If you can't find somehow just to enjoy yourself, enjoy your God, enjoy life, you will crack. So you know what? Sometimes I just want to have a good old belly roll, man. I just want to crack my, you know. Sometimes I laugh at something. My wife, she don't think it's funny. She said, what would you do, crack yourself up? <laughs> See, she doesn't, she doesn't understand. See, if I don't just have a belly roll every once in a while, you know, sometimes I'll just be sitting at my desk and I'll just start laughing. And I know they think that, I, you know, that they're thinking about calling the people, little, little people from Big Springs that wear jackets without ties, you know, to come and pick me up and take me off. But, you know, if I don't just have a belly roll every once in a while, 
you know. And sometimes I interact with the people of God. I cut up with them and I make fun of them, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? See, I, I have to do that. That's therapy for me. If I, I, know, I know it's cruel and harsh therapy, man. But you know, I've got to have that. If I don't, I'm going to crack. You know, so sometimes in life, man, you can't just walk around with a stern face. I'm holy. Never smile, you know. Man, somehow, some way, you, you just got to, you know, fake yourself happy. Laugh some. A merry heart doeth good like a medicine. Get around somebody that just cracks you up, man. You know, they just got that personality, you know. Just get around them. You, you know you're going, that's why I like to hang around Sniper. He, he cracks me up. I laugh. He's my therapy sometimes. God put him in this church to be the pastor's therapy. <laughs> we just start talking about the, the most crazy, insane, out there things. And laugh. Nobody can get into our conversation. Nobody could even understand it. <laughs> See? So, you know, you've got to enjoy life. If you don't, you, think you walk around all sanctimonious and pious all the time. You know what? You're going to have some problems. You're going to have some mental problems. You're going to have a breakdown, man. Why, why is it we come into church and, you know, we, we, we've been cutting up all kinds of stuff, having a good time. We walk in church, we put on this face. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's crazy, man. It's, it's insane. Hallelujah. That's why a lot of people go out there and they party on the dance floor and get drunk. You know why? You know why? Because they just let themselves go. They're looking for a place they can just let themselves go. They're looking for some happiness, some joy. You know, there's some place that just let me, let myself go. And this drinking gives me excuse and, you know, to act like an idiot. Because I just want to, you know. But you could come to the house of God. And the Bible said when they were filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, they thought they were drunk. They were fall down happy. They were just having such a good old time. Just fall down drunk happy in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to replace this for something out there. You were created for this. You were created to have joy, unspeakable, and full of glory. Joy. How many would love to have that kind of joy? A joy unspeakable. So much joy and happiness, you can't even describe it. It's just so awesome. It's so asher, man. Happy. Just so happy. People look at you and say, why are you so happy? You know, they know all about your problem and everything else, but you still got joy. You still got a smile. You're still glowing. You still got glory on your face. People look at you and say, why are you so happy? Because I got God. And I've, I've got God. I've got hope. And I've, I've got hope that I've got a future. 
You can't take my joy. Can't take my joy. Happiness not trying to take my happiness away. But you know what? My joy will cause it to come back alive. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And so in closing, if you live a life that is so rigid that you can't ever smile even in church. Your pastor's acting like a clown. He's doing backflips, got his red nose out, everything else, and you're still. You know what? You're going to call me in about a week, and you're going to tell me. You're going to say, Pastor, I'm just about to crack. That's right, because you don't have the ability to just smile. You don't have the ability to enjoy life. Sometimes you got to stop and smell the roses. Hallelujah. You won't have as many ulcers? <clears throat> Are y'all hearing me? I wish I had a camera. I'd take a picture of some of your faces. I like what I heard one preacher say the other day. He said, if you believe what I said, tell your face. <laughs> If you, if you believe what I just preached, would you please tell your face? <laughs> please tell your face. You're scaring me. Do you understand? Hallelujah, man. <laughs> if you got to know me, you say, I can't believe I have that guy as a pastor. <laughs> That's the truth. You, you really got, you say, I can't believe he's even called. <laughs> I love it. I enjoy life, man. Yeah. Yeah. Get some joy. Get some happiness. Express it, man. Get a smile on your face. Tell your face that God is your God. Tell your face that you're saved. Tell your face that God is good. Because nobody can tell by looking at some of you. I told you, take that bumper sticker off of that, that old, old car that's held together by rust that says, and that bumper sticker says, God provides my needs. Take, rip that off. God, God didn't give you that rust bucket. No, 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 no. See, look at your neighbor and see if they're smiling. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I know. I'm praying for you. I saw it too. <laughs> yeah. Don't y'all don't just love God? It's awesome to live for the Lord. You know that? There's nothing like it. It's, it's, there, there's no life without God. How many of y'all ever seen an army <clears throat> going to battle laughing? A troop. Laughing in the joy of the Lord. Anybody? God told an army to go out and to the battlefield. He said, all I want you, I don't want you to take no weapons or nothing else. I just want you to take some instruments to praise me. I just want you to celebrate you. I just want you to get happy. I just want you to get full of joy. Don't even take your weapons with you. And as soon as they started praising the Lord, God defeated their armies. 
He's awesome. As the people come to me, there's some of them out of town today, you know, and they're going off with their family to different places. They said, they came to me, I think, sort of reluctant to tell me they were not going to be here because they're going to go out of town with their family. I don't know why they do that, you know. Some of them won't even call me. I guess they're afraid I'm going to put the hammer in. You don't need to go out there with your family, you know, but you don't need to have a good time. And, and so they came to me and they said sort of re- reluctantly, I'm, I'm going to be out of town Sunday. I'm going to go skiing, snow skiing. What? Well, snow skiing. My family. I'll be out of town soon. I said, Praise God, go have a great time. There's no broken legs, broken arms, <laughs> or, or no death. <laughs> Just go. They looked at me. They smiled all happy. Hallelujah. I guess they thought I was going to cut their head off. God is not against you having a, a good time. Yeah, I'm telling you. Y'all believe God snow skis? I don't know. I'm not going that far. (laughs) I'm not going that far. Hallelujah. But if he don't, that brother's in trouble. (laughs) All right, let's stand. I'm going to let you go home. Lord Jesus, I just thank you right now for your awesome spirit today, your awesome presence. That we can be a Judah. We can be worshipers, praisers. We can be Rubens. We got a vision of the sun. Lord, we can be Gad, we can be troops in this last days. An army that's trained. Servants that are trained and armed. Servants that are restored. Servants that stay in their place. Servants that are raised up under a prophetic word. People who lap the water with their hands. Under fivefold ministry and understand the awesome blessing that is. Asher, people who understand the Beatitudes, happy people, joy filled people. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let this come to pass in your people. Let these characteristics be in us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You are dismissed. In the name of the Lord. We'll see you tonight.